I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, September 24, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. A lot happened today. Let's take a look at the big picture, and then we're going to drill down to talk about some numbers, some targets, where we're headed, what the likely scenario is. Before we do that, let's reel back the clock a little bit, and let's remind ourselves what the title or the thumbnail of yesterday's video was. Moving day on the way. Why did we say that? Number one, we said the market was running out of time. We've been talking about time endlessly time is more important than price the market was going to make a move in one direction or another therefore the energy is going to be released from the market was it going to be released in the upward direction was it going to be released in the downward direction we know the answer now we had our bogeys on the downside we had our bogeys on the upside so in real time, we're able to identify which scenario is playing out. We also had a couple of other things in our corner over the last couple of weeks. And by the way, this isn't to say by any means this is easy. This is not easy. It's the market's job to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. So we were looking for a top a couple of weeks ago. We were looking for a top on Friday into Tuesday. It was this day here. We started talking about it a couple of days before. The market started to come down. It tried to make another high and fell away. Yesterday, we identified the fact that this week, within the next couple of days, it would be moving day. So we have that. But what else do we have? I think it's important to see what else is on the board. Before we talk about what's on the board, let's also discuss what's on the docket in the big scheme of things. I'm moving the ball around the horn just to keep you on your toes. We're going back and forth a little. We have to at least give some credence to some of the news. We know the news can be a spark, but the move is coming anyway. That's my position from where I sit. The news is attached or inserted after the fact. But what we do have now on the docket is Trump. Again, we have a Trump impeachment. I don't know how many times we've been talking about impeachment. Not we as in you and me, but we as in the national media. They've been discussing impeachment for like two and a half years. Maybe they have something. Maybe they don't. This isn't a political channel. This is technical analysis. We just need the charts. We don't care about Kabuki Theater cubed. But we also have the Fed on the docket. Don't lose sight of the Fed. They've been flooding the market with money. Some reason, somewhere along the line, they felt the need to flood the market with money, with fresh new dollars. Some problem, sooner or later, will surface and become the reality. Whatever the Fed said is what they fed to the media, to the economists, to everybody else. We watch what the Fed does, not what they say. What else is on the docket? We have China. There's always China trade, China negotiations. The China Kabuki Theater is also on the docket. So we have a lot of stuff circling the wagon. Before I said 
that we have to look at some things we have on the board. Interestingly enough, today we only had two stocks on the move on the board. We're going to take a look at the charts of both those stocks. However, there was a laundry list of comments and updates all day long in real time for Inside the Numbers members. Here's the beginning of the pre-market notes. What I'm going to do, instead of reading it to you, and I'm not going to do that, I'm going to actually put it on the screen. I'm going to let you pause the video. I want you to read the notes. These are basically in as close to real time as you can get, giving updates, being the tour guide of where the market's going, what the important numbers are. Basically, how do you navigate these waters? So here's the end of the morning notes, the morning commentary. This is pre-market, starts coming out or showing up on the page around 7 o'clock, 7.30. By 8 o'clock, it's generally 80% complete. The 80-20 rule shows up 8, 8.15 a.m. We skip up to 9.45. We begin noticing right out of the chute, the IWM was heading in an opposite direction at the time than the S&P 500. We know about the IWM. It is my favorite market leading indicator. You have to take notice when the IWM is diverging from the other markets. This is important also. So as we scroll up the page a little bit, we begin to see the day unfolding within the first hour of the day. Within the first hour of the day, we generally have very important numbers. It gives us a guideline if we're trading above a number, below a number. It gives us an idea of where the market's headed, and it usually will head to where? The next important number. So we scroll up a little bit, and you can see we're beginning to identify, look at the 1035 post, just noticing the daily chart of the IWM is right on the down-sloping trend line we discuss each night. They spike through a little and are hovering. It's important and will be a tell going forward. This is at 10.30 in the morning. We flagged the IWM before that. Let's continue on. We'll scroll up a little bit more and you can read for yourself the story as it unfolds. I'll continue to scroll up as you can stop and pause the video anytime you want and read for yourself. We hit yesterday's lows. We found some buyers at yesterday's lows. Not that we were buying yesterday's lows. I'm giving you play-by-play play what's going on and what the expectation is going forward. We're always on the lookout for a recapture on the upside. That would bring the bulls back to the table. And we're looking for important numbers on the downside that'll bring the next southern important number into the fold. Keeping on with moving along, we scroll up more and you can see more play-by-play -play action. I'll scroll up to the final comments of the day. The rodeo continues. We did have a 3 o'clock post, but beware of the close is always the case. You never know in the last few minutes of the day which direction Trick and Company could take the market. They can rip them higher and they can drill them into the close. So I just want everybody to be aware, not that we're taking on new trades at 3.30 in the afternoon for a scalp or day trade. That's not running it like a business. That's just trying to catch one more bet. If you're in a trade and you're waiting for an exit, that's something different. Taking on a new position with only a little time left in the day is a high-risk scenario. Speaking of important numbers, we might as well take a look at the important numbers. You can get a sense for whether or not they were, in fact, 
important numbers at all, you can see 2991, 2981, 2973, 2967. When we have a case of expanded volatility, the market doesn't necessarily stop short on these numbers, but you can see the shorter term charts begin to form an assemblance of a low or a top if the case is a number of resistance, and you can start to see where the important numbers come into play. Here's something else from inside the numbers that we don't look at on a regular basis. We have a gap fill master list. One of them got hit today. We usually have one or two that get hit, not necessarily every day, but I don't show this a lot. But Roku hit its gap today. We'll take a look at a chart of Roku real quick. There was a gap that looked big, fat, and juicy. The problem with the gap was we came kind of close yesterday, and then today that somewhat diminishes the gap because we came close. So you don't know if they're going to actually trade right through or not. But nevertheless, it is a gap. It was on the board. It was filled, and it did work. Where do these gap fill master list stocks come from? These are stocks that come from either the morning gap trade list or the stocks on the move list if they're leaving an open gap. Sometimes, not all the time, it depends on the stock, but the ones that belong on this list make the list. I have a master list, and traders get to see enough of the list each and every day that's sorted by how close stocks are to filling their gap. So the net net is, from inside the numbers, it is an absolute potpourri of information. Real quick, we'll go over the charts of the two stocks that actually hit their numbers today. The first one, UNVR, Univar Solutions. The stock closed at 21.87 yesterday. The stock getting a haircut. You saw the number 2030 from Stocks on the Move just a moment ago. You can see what happened after the fact. The stock rocketed off that price, made a high of $20.71 just minutes later. Might not seem like a lot to the naked eye, but think about it in these terms. It's about a $0.40 move on a $20 stock that's about 2% on a day when everything else was getting killed. The market was getting thrown out with the bathwater at the time. And what does this show you? It goes to show you the importance of these numbers. You see this over and over and over again. We're not new to the numbers business. The next one was PDD. Now, this was interesting. We actually got a double dose. This one was double the fun. The stock closed yesterday at $33.82, getting a haircut at the open. The first price level that was identified early in the morning, remember, this is before the market even opens for business, was $32.45. Look what happened when the stock came into that price, spiked it by just a little bit, but had a rocket ride off that price minutes later, making a high of $33.11. Once again, not a $4 move, but a scalp trade nonetheless. The numbers are important. 60 cents, $32 stock, somewhere in the neighborhood of a 2% move, similar to the other one. But that's not all. But wait, there's more. We had a second target that also came into play, also hit, also worked, not a lot, but minimally worked. The market was getting thrown out at the time. Remember, the numbers still worked even though the market was getting taken out behind the woodshed. And then at the end of the day, they killed everything into the close. The last stock we'll take a look at is Roku. 
This was the gap fill from inside the numbers also, and you can see what happened. Came into the gap, you had a big fat round number of 100 there, so it actually went through 100 by a little bit, snapped back, and then came back above the gap. That's normal garden variety market behavior. Doesn't always happen like that, but when you're that close to a big fat round number, you can't be surprised when they go and hit or spike above or below the big fat round number. Let's get back to business of the SPY or the S&P 500. Today, the SPY came into the 50 period moving average and that was the final low for the day. That was some semblance of support. They tried to rally, but didn't really get very far, went back and forth or stayed in a chop shop down in that general zone the majority of the rest of the day. There's a gap below the 50 period moving average. The question is, will the market stop at that gap? Now, we've talked about this area many, many times. In fact, we talked about it long before the market broke above this area. This was the spot. This is the breakout area. Are they going to stop here? Are they going to spike through and hit the 100 period moving average or fill the next gap that's all the way down here? The answer is, we don't know for sure. We're watching both areas, odds on that the market stops somewhere in between. Doesn't have to be a permanent stop, but it's a way station. Keep this in mind, staying above the gap. Let's just say we never hit the gap or we hit the gap and they have a nice, healthy reaction in the other direction, meaning the northern direction away from the gap. Is that bullish or bearish? That would be bullish and that would say that the former breakout area was tested and it held. So we need to understand that that is the bull case if there's a bull case. What happens if the market is trading below that gap intraday? We close hourly below that gap. Is that bullish or bearish? Well, it's obvious. That's bearish. That would mean likely lower prices are in the offing not necessarily a reaction in the northern direction off that gap. So that's the other side. And by the way, remember, we had the tinfoil hat Equinox scenario running yesterday. We've seen this before. We know about it. It was a puzzle piece. It was on the table. It did fit into a slot. How about volume? Can we get any information from the average daily volume or today's volume against the average daily volume? And the answer is maybe a little, but not enough to make anything out of it. So we were higher than the average daily volume, about 95 million shares, but we were about the same as last Friday, which was quadruple witching options expiration. So all things considered, it really wasn't tremendous volume today. Doesn't mean we go down tomorrow. Doesn't mean we go up tomorrow. It's just a puzzle piece, but this one is a very small one. Volume is generally on the table right now. We don't have a spot to snap in today's volume just yet. And there it is, my favorite market leading indicator. We slide over into Camp IWM. They were teetering with the trend line. They were above the trend line. We knew the trend line was important. I want to show you something else. This is what inside the numbers we're getting commentary on. We're able to see early in the day. This is a five minute chart. And what you can see here is the market thought that that price level was important at least for a while. And you can see what happened. Once they gave up that trend line, the rest was history. Inside the numbers members, 
were told, quote, look out below, end quote. They were told that at 10.35 in the morning if we should give up the ghost in the IWM. Now, where's 10.30? Right here. 10.30, 10.35, 10.40, 10.45, and the rest is history. We're on top of this in real time or as close to real time as you can get. So the IWM came into its moving averages and found an assemblance of support, or we don't even have to say support, we can say that's where it stopped for the day. Look where it was just a few days ago, look where it is now. The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator for very good reason. It was down early in the day when the SPY was actually positive. The market is fluid, it needs to be read in real time when we get an expansion of volatility. When we get an expansion of volatility, you get large swings in both directions. We're at that point again where we can expect to see large swings in both directions. Here's a little short hop. I wanted to bring back the spider because I wanted to remind us of something that we say all the time. We said it several days ago, I just want to reiterate it one more time. When it feels really, really wrong, it's generally really, really right. How many analysts were upgrading the S&P, upgrading stocks to lofty price levels over in here around September 9th, September 10th, September 11th? It happens all the time. They do it over and over and over again. When it feels like the market can't go down, that's where caveat emptor comes into play. This is ugly for the IWM. It's an ugly close, even if they try and rally the market. Let's say they try and rally it on Wednesday or Thursday. They may try to rally the market, or the IWM in this case, back to the underside of that trend line. That trend line should be a wall of cement. Let's say they get back above the trend line. That's bullish without a shadow of a doubt. Let's say they test the trend line and fall away. That's as bearish as things were today or worse. The IWM, until and unless they get back above that trend line, is in trouble. What about the transports? Interesting reversal today in the transports. They started to rally. Things were looking up for the transports. The IWM was trading down. The transports were trading up at the time, which was interesting. It was a divergence. You don't know exactly which one is going to win out. It's obvious now. It's after the fact. It's Monday morning quarterback time. But they did reverse. They did start to give up the gains, and they did turn negative. That was all the markets just starting to trade together. We say it over and over again. It's pretty much all the same market in large part. Day-to-day, hour-to-hour, things trade in different directions. But when big moves coming, whether they're up or down, everything pretty much trades together. Here's another index that got taken out behind the woodshed today, the triple Qs. So what you had across the board was interesting. You had the transports that were down about half a percent. The S&P 500, or the SPX, was down about eight-tenths of a percent, a little bit more than that. You had the Dow that was down about half a percent. And then you had... The growth assets, the risk on assets or the risk on asset classes, the IWM and the Qs got taken out behind the woodshed. Qs down 1.3% and the IWM was down over 2.5%. That's a big thrashing. And you have to take notice when the risk on asset classes 
are risk off in a big way as compared to the other indices. They had what we call relative weakness against the major indices, the SPX, the Dow. It's of note. They're puzzle pieces. They're on the table. How about the financials? That's a reversal candle. It has to be taken of a serious nature. We're pointed into or heading to the 20 period moving average. There's also a gap down below about 27 and a half looks like the near term target. But then right below that, we have this area here, which is 2727. That's called a gap window, the window into that dead zone or white space before the gap actually gets filled. You have the 100 period moving average down there. And then don't forget, you have the always important 2747. Is it an accident or coincidence that the 50 period moving average on the daily chart at present comes in within a penny of the important weekly number of 2747. It's not an accident or a coincidence, but there's nothing we can really do with that information. I just find it interesting, maybe a little bit fascinating, but I'm a nerd by trade. I don't wear a pocket protector or anything, but I certainly swim in numbers and data. That's a daily chart reversal candle, and we have to take that at face value until and unless it is negated by a reversal in the other direction. How about the SMH? Anything going on here? Another reversal. A really bad day for the SMH. 1.5% in the red. Again, outpacing some of the other indices. This is a leading indicator of the tech space. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We're likely headed lower. There's a gap. There's another gap. There's another gap. If markets are going to fall, the SMH is going to fall along with everything else. Remember, we were looking for a top. Let's cover the TLT tonight. Got a couple of requests. I think it's an appropriate thing to cover. It's the bond market. The TLT basically represents 20-year and beyond treasury bonds. So this is opposite the yield. So when you hear them talk about yield on TV, this is the other side of that. Bonds rally, yields go lower. Yields rally, bond prices go lower. That's just simply the way it works. We hear plenty of discussion about lower yields, zero interest rates, inverted yield curve. It's an endless supply of negative information for yields. They certainly have everybody believing we're going into a negative interest rate environment. We may, we may not. We're close anyway. Does it really make any difference? This is the opposite of the stock market when we were looking for a top. The bond market, we're looking for another top. Or in the case of yields, which would be the opposite of the stock market, we're looking for a bottom. We hit the top once. We had it up here. They tried to rally, tried to make another high. Looks very similar to the SPY or the S&P 500, doesn't it? Now, we would be looking for a lower high. Where would a lower high come in? Well, there's a gap at 145.26. Above that is a very important spot right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. So I'm not going to give that one away. If you know it, great. If you've taken the course, fantastic. If you don't know it, Stick around, you'll learn it eventually. So under normal garden variety market conditions, if they got up in the TLT to about 145, 145 and a half, 145, 75, maybe even 146, there should be overhead resistance. 
Here's a monthly chart of the TLT. And I want to point out something on this chart that, again, is right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. There's something very identifiable. It should be the first thing that jumps out at this chart when it comes up on the screen. What does that 111.50 represent? Well, if you haven't been here for a while, it represents the last time we bought the TLT. It was 111, 111.50, 112, 112.50. It didn't matter, quote unquote, what you bought it at down there. It was just a buy. So that turned out to be a pretty good trade. Here is the flip side of the bond market, meaning the price of bonds. This is the interest rate market. So right here, we're looking at the 10-year monthly chart of the Treasury note interest rate. Today, yields hit a low of 1.429%. That's a 10-year rate. Let's look at the 30-year and see where that is. How about a low today of 1.9%? A touch more, 1.909. That's a 30-year bond yielding 1.9%. 2% or a little over 2% on close. Think of it like this. This is where the stock market continues to rally day after day after day. Or the stock market drops. Think about December of 2018. Or think about 2008 into 2009 if you've been around that long. It goes down every day and people just think it's going to go to zero. Well, the same thing goes for interest rates. It goes down and down and down. And they begin discussing lower interest rates, zero interest rates, negative interest rates, all kinds of stuff. And when you get to an extreme, when you get to maximum bearishness on interest rates, what's going to happen next? You're close to a turn. That's just the way it works over and over and over again. We do it in market after market after market, chart after chart after chart. I don't care that this is an interest rate chart. It could be a pork belly chart. It makes no difference to me what the name on the chart is. All charts act and react the same way. Five minute chart, 15, 30, 60, 240, daily, monthly, weekly, doesn't matter. Scalp trade, day trade, swing trade, all charts act and react the same way. And that's the whole crux of the point that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. I teach you how the market works and you can apply it whether you're a day trader or a swing trader. I get that question five times a day. Might as well address it here. And with that being said, it's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight. So I am going to give it a wrap. I want to thank you for tuning in. Without you, these videos are not possible. So I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.